but soft. Behold, lo, where it comes again, I'll cross it, though it blast me. Stay, illusion. If thou hast any sound or use a voice, speak to me. Ah, Shakespearean prose, Hamlet to be exact, as a way to inform all in the crypt that the crypt keeper is going back to that proverbial well where spirits repose in the tubular dark abyss. I'm revisiting my fascination with ghosts and the famous Gothic audible location where, whence they dwell, the Chateau Laurier. On this trip, the crypt keeper will not be bunking alone. I'm joined on this paranormal trip by an old punk rocker who goes by the name of Golden. Welcome, Golden, to the Straight from the Suburbs podcast. Happy to be here, Crypt Keeper. Thanks for having me. Excellent. And I should let people know that this is still season two, episode 12 of the Straight from the Suburbs podcast, and I am the Crypt Keeper and you are in the crypt. Now, Golden is here as our expert. He worked for many years at the Ottawa landmark entitled the Shadow Laurier and will back up and add to some ghostly encounters at the Shadow. So, paranormal listeners in the crypt, meet me at the front desk. The reservation is for one night. We'll check in together, although we may never check out. Welcome, Crypt listeners, to the Ghosts of the Shadow Laurier. Ghosts are a stamp in time that slowly fades away, a fleeting glance, a cold or warm spot that seems oddly out of place. Those are surefire evidence of an impression in time that once was. Old and historical buildings like the Chateau Laurier have seen and bore witness to many an event, each one leaving its mark, be it positive or negative. Every city is a ghost. New buildings rise up upon the bones of the old, so that each shiny steel beam, each tower of brick, carries within it the memories of what have gone before, an architectural haunting. Now that's a quote by Libba Bray. And one of Ottawa's most recognizable landmarks, the Chateau Laurier, is no exception. This is a bit the, a bit of the history of the Chateau Laurier before we dive into some, some ghost tales. The host was designed by the French in the French Gothic style of the Chateau of the Loire Valley in France. It uses granite blocks and limestone for the exterior walls. Turreted roofs were covered in copper, which have gone from its shiny brown color to its now infamous soft parliament green. Built in 1911 by industrialist Charles M. Hayes, more on him later, he envisioned a luxury hotel in Canada's capital which he named after the Prime Minister at the time, Sir Wilfrid Laurier. Being such an old building, no doubt the Chateau Laurier holds many secrets. During my research, I discovered that during World War I and World War II, the Chateau was used for secret meetings between military officials and powerful industrialists. In 1946, the Montreal Standard reporter Robert McKeon wrote, and I quote, 
During the war, the shadow was a scene of many a secret conference. Military and industrial leaders quietly entered the hotel by the tunnels from the Ottawa Union Station and went to work. Production and armament plans were laid before and behind closed and locked doors, which fellow guests passed by unaware down the thick carpeted areas. Now, Golden, you've been in the hotel many times. What is the layout of the hotel? And what are off limits? And do those tunnels to the old Union Station still exist? Those not in the know, the Union Station, Union Station used to be just in front of the Shadow Lorry. The building is still there, but it's used for something else. Are those tunnels still there? Yeah, they are. So the staff entrance to the Shadow Laurier is around the back of the hotel. And when you take the staff entrance in, it takes you right into the basement. And the basement is where, you know, that's where the kitchens are. That's where they're doing the cooking. Um, right. That's where that's where they're doing the baking, making all the desserts, washing all the dishes. But you need to go down to the sub basement, one further level, and that's where the employee change rooms are. Oh, so it's like there's two basements. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's the basement and, you know, the basement's old. It's a little creepy. The sub basement is definitely creepy. Um, so you take that extra set of stairs and again, you have to go, you know, every shift you're going down to the sub basement because that's where your, that's where your staff locker is. Yeah. That's where your, the laundry is. Cause you know, great thing about working there is at the end of your shift, you threw your uniform in a bag. They, uh, they dry cleaned it, they pressed it okay. and it was ready for you waiting for you in the sub basement at your next shift. So they put it in the most creepiest plot spot in the in the shadow, in the sub basement. Exactly. So I'm picturing the sub basement like this dank, dark place. There must have been some sort of light. Yeah, very dank. It had that kind of like wet smell, you know. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, so so they had these tunnels that they were off limits, but you could see where the entrance to the to these tunnels were. There was one that went kind of down into the Byward Market. Um, that would kind of end near right the, into the oh really yeah like near the u.s embassy which of oh, course yeah. wasn't there then yeah. right but uh right around that area you you can almost see it like if you're walking if you're going down sussex uh you can see this kind of entrance and that's 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 really? one of the tunnels that goes into the shadow laurier um another one to the old train station like you mentioned yeah. and another one that goes to parliament Jeez, imagine those old uh tunnels being filled with army officials during world war one world war two no doubt major conversations were had between the Union Station and Chateau Laurier. So there's a lot of history back there. Absolutely. Really, really interesting. Oh and God. in one of the basements, or then this is actually in the basement, um, there is a banquet room uh, that used to be a bar and restaurant. It's It used to be called the Canadian Grill, I believe. And in the in the basement. It's in the basement. Yeah, um, I'm picturing like the like the restaurant in The Shining, like that big long bar. It is. It's long, so it doesn't have a bar anymore. Now it's used for like banquet functions. Yeah. Um, but it used to be one of the main restaurants or bars in the hotel, and one of, it's one of the most common places where people see ghosts. Really, is in that room in the Canadian room in the basement. 
Um, if you if you're ever in the lobby of the Shadow Laurier, um, you'll see they have this hallway with pictures. Okay. From like a hundred years ago, it's like a they kind of have like this museum set up, like a history of yeah, okay. and beautiful beautiful pictures and artwork of like the history of the hotel, and yeah. it actually has some pictures of the old Canadian Grill, I believe it was called. Because it's like, closed, like that that restaurant Canadian Grill is closed, like yeah, but it's now a banquet room. Like you can have Ooh. like. Have, have your wedding down there or a, a corporate function or something like that. You know what? I'm going to organize a Crip Fest at the Chateau Laurier Canadian Banquet Room. That's where we're going to go. That would be the room to do it. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh. Amazing. But I, I have friends who have worked there and, you know, and, and I've worked there too. But, you know, let's say, let's say you have like 20 tables that you have to, that you have to set for dinner, yeah. you know, and you're down there alone for like four hours, just setting up all these tables by yourself. And although I've never seen anything, a lot of my past coworkers have seen some, well. some pretty Okay, hold that, sir. We're going to come to that. We're going to come to that. Although those military secrets have stayed top secret for decades, the Shadow Laurier did not mind releasing those stories where they come out as like wartime heroes. The ones that the Shadow Laurier want to keep out of the public appearance are more sinister and have been swept under the rug. On numerous occasions, individuals have committed suicide by throwing themselves from the upper floors of the Chateau Laurier. Others have taken their own lives in various guest rooms. This includes numerous hangings and multiple murders. With over a century's worth of suicides and murders, multiple ghosts have been seen haunting the halls of the Chateau Laurier. You know, spiritualists believe that by committing suicide in this lifetime, such karma is bound that one will have to commit suicide repeatedly for several more lives. Spiritualists also believe, and they say that when someone commits suicide in this life, it is not the first time that they have performed such an act. They have done so in a past life, and because of this, they are cursed, doing so life after life after life. Unable to pass through to the other side, those forsaken souls and bad mojo haunt the Shadow Laurier, searching for unattainable reasoning and often interact with the guests and staff. There have been hundreds of ghostly sightings at the Shadow Laurier. People have run into men and women who are dressed from another era and then simply disappear. Others have communicated and then watched in horror as the person they have been speaking to simply dissolve into thin air. Little known fact is that the CBC maintains a radio broadcast from the Shadow Laurier. Is that still true? They still have a radio station up there? That is true. Okay. Yeah, it's on the seventh or eighth floor. I forget. Okay. Um, you can't access it from the regular elevators, of course. Okay. Uh, but I was up there once. One of my friends who used to work there, he was, uh, he, he was a, they call, what they call a shift engineer. Okay. So they basically have the keys for the entire place. Okay. Um, and it was a quiet night, so he, he brought me to, to see something spooky. So interesting thing about the Shadow Laurier, I was telling you about the sub-basement, but, you know, what's even creepier is the old maid's quarters. Maid's quarters. Maid's quarters. So back in the early 1900s, around the beginning days of the Chateau Laurier, um, the staff used to live there. Oh. And they lived on this floor above the CBC. 
Okay. So there's like the hotel that has, I think, seven floors of rooms. It's not, it's, it's, those are, no, it's not, not a tall hotel. Like it's right, right. Exactly. It's less tall than parliament. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think there's about seven floors of guest rooms yeah. and then there's the CBC. And then on top of that is the old maids quarters. Okay. So one night I was fortunate enough that an old friend of mine, uh, he had the keys. He's like, Dave, let's, let's go check this out. Uh, he told me about it. So I, I'd always asked him, I was like, you got to show me the maids quarters. Yeah. And so picture there, there was no elevator to the maids quarters. But what it was, was we went to the CBC and then from there, there was like this really narrow ladder with almost like a hatch to like an attic. Get out. It looked like, yeah. Yeah, so he, he unlocks this door, we go up there and there's all these old rooms. But what was so scary and really interesting about it was that it was like the rooms had all this old furniture and beds and everything from like the early 1900s but it's like everybody left everything there it's as, as it was like as this, it was oh like like a, the bed still had linens on it and there was like yeah. th there was like dressers that had like brushes and like like hair brushes yeah like hair brushes like these maids lived there and all their stuff was still there but it was covered in so much dust and everything looked like a hundred years old. Oh my God, what a sight. Um, and the story goes is that back in World War One, yeah. there was a maid who her husband died in the war. Hmm. So she went up to the maid's quarters and she hung herself, like you mentioned yeah. before about hangings. So she hung herself up in the maid's quarters and she's haunted the place wow. ever since. And not too long after that, they closed down those maids' quarters. And then, of course, just people went home at night, right? They slept yeah. at home. They didn't live there. Yeah. But they just, they locked up that top floor. And it's just sitting there the way it was from, like, you know, World War One. Like a time capsule. Yeah, it's like a time capsule. And it's dusty and it's dirty. And there's spots you can't really step in the floor because it's really, really rickety. Wow. But... It's like, I'll never forget the way it looked. I can imagine, I, I can imagine how yeah. creepy that would have been. Tiny little rooms. Like, yeah. It was really, really strange. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Years ago, the CBC chairman, um, Patrick Watson, he was staying at the hotel. And around 1 a.m., he awoke to what sounded like a pistol shot coming from within his room. Upon investigation, he found a heavy glass ashtray had cracked and split right down the middle. The next night, Watson was again startled awake by a crashing sound, this time from the bathroom. He discovered that his snugly put away shaving kit, which he stuffed behind the, the basin taps, had been dislodged and thrown clear across the bathroom, smashing into the bathroom wall and crashing to the floor. These two events had a profound effect on Watson. Watson made a quick escape and wrote down in the sign-out ledger, and I quote, both these events were unexplainable and left me quite shaken. I will never forget them, nor will I return. He said that and he worked there. Hmm. Golden, you worked there. What did you do there? And do you have any ghostly Chatelure stories to share? Yeah, so I was a waiter 
I was a waiter there for about five years. Amazing, amazing job. I loved it. Um, great people, tons of fun. I mean, made some great friends that I'm still friends with to these day. Nice. And um, it was just the best job to have while I was a student. You know, it was just it was just a blast. You're downtown in a yeah. creepy, cool little place. Like, exactly, yeah. exactly. And so it was great. Um, the interesting thing is that we'd work really late, right? Like we'd be yeah. we'd be often working to we'd do like the, the five to one thirty in the morning shift. So come in at 5 oh. p.m. So like an eight-hour shift starting at 5. So isn't it like a 24-hour? It's a 12, Yeah, it's a pretty classy hotel. So it must be 24-hour service. Yeah, and we'd also be, you know, we'd be there at 2 in the morning setting things up for breakfast. That was going to start, you know, later, soon, you know, in a few hours. Right. So there was a lot of solo time in there. Um, like I said, never seen anything myself, but... Um, Definitely quite a few people I worked with had. Does the name Charles Hayes ring a bell? It sure does. Or perhaps the Charles Hayes Suite. Mm-hmm. Charles Hayes Suite is like the most luxurious suite available at the Chateau Laurier, but its splendor is only rivaled by its hauntings. As previously mentioned, Charles Hayes is the man responsible for the construction of the Chateau Laurier, and many say it is he who haunts and lords over the spirits haunting the Chateau Laurier. One such haze haunting that made the paper back in the year 2000, and it's about a couple named Mary and Frank Bellingham. Now the Bellinghams, they were in Ottawa, and they were in Ottawa as tourists, and they were staying at the famed Chateau Laurier in the Hayes suite. As soon as they entered the suite, they could feel the presence of something otherworldly. Frank brushed us off. And uh, he told his wife, hey, don't be uneasy about this. This is fine. And encouraged Mary to, to do the same and to brush it off. They were only in Ottawa for a couple of days and had splurged to stay in the best room in the best hotel in Ottawa. Frank left to go to the lobby while Mary unpacked. Suddenly, Mary became overwhelmed by a sensation of uneasiness. She felt as though she was no longer alone and she stood morbidly still in the middle of the room, distressfully and repeatedly yelling, Who's, Who's there? Who's, Who's there? there? She was all alone, so she thought she was, until she felt a clammy touch on her arm. Frozen with fear, a second dead touch on her other arm sent a wave of goosebumps across her body and intense, fearful shivers down her spine. She remained alone, distressed and crying, until her husband returned to, to the room. The couple stayed up most of the night, too afraid to go to bed. Eventually, they found slumber, but awoke bright and early and left to see the sights, tired and weary, the following day. The following night, Mary was sitting in front of a large mirror by her dresser, removing makeup, when all of a sudden, the closet door behind her swung violently open. Restless and anxious, she nervously got up and wiped away more tears, closed the closet and called for her husband, who agreed to cut their stay short and leave in the morning. The couple stayed awake all night, watching shadows morbidly moving past them. Sleep would not come for them that last night. When morning came, Mary took a shower, only to feel another cold, clammy touch on her shoulder, this time ushering her with force out of the bathroom. The Bellinghams dressed and checked out as quickly as they could, not even putting up a fight 
to get refunded for their last lost evening. Conscious is no more than the dead speaking to us. And that could very well ring true to the previous example about Charles Hayes touching and shoving people out of his hotel. Now, a thing about ghosts is that, that I've discovered is that ghosts are possessive. That's why they haunt. Charles Hayes loved his beloved creation, his Shadow Laurier. He obsessed about making it perfect, and he had his hand in each corner of that building. His soul was poured into it, but he did not die there. He never even visited it upon completion, but yet he haunts it. His story is a grand story of titanic proportions. Sitting atop a wooden pedestal in the Chateau Laurier is a stone carving of the namesake prime minister, Sir Wilfrid Laurier. Have you ever seen that, that bust? Yeah. On, yeah, this, on this pedestal? Sure. As I mentioned, Hayes had his hands in every piece of the Chateau Laurier, including the furniture. To complete the Grand Hotel before its opening, uh, planned for April 26, 1912, Hayes traveled to London, England to purchase furniture for the dining room of the hotel and have it shipped back to Ottawa. While in London, Hayes had an encounter with a gentleman by the name of J. Bruce Ismay. Now, J. Bruce Ismay was the chairman of the White Star Steamship Line, and he offered a place for Hayes and his furniture shipment aboard a vessel that was purported to be the fastest, most luxurious ship on the high seas. Golden, can you guess the name of that boat? I can. What's the name of the boat? It's the Titanic. It's the Titanic. Hayes all but sealed his fate on April 10th, 1912, that day in Southampton, by accepting the generous offer from Ismay. Hayes and his wife settled into their luxury suite, cabin B69, on the promenade deck. After four days of sailing, at 11.40 p.m. on April 14, 1912, the Titanic hit an iceberg and began to sink. Hayes did not panic as he helped his wife board a lifeboat, holding strong to Ismay's promise that the Titanic was unsinkable. He kissed his wife goodbye, along with a promise to see her soon on land, still believing he would be quickly rescued. Alas, Rescue never came to Hayes as he perished in the freezing ocean waters where his bloated corpse was later discovered floating in the Atlantic. Not only did Hayes perish that fateful day, but also the Hayes cargo, the furniture bound for Ottawa, for his beloved Chateau Laurier. New furniture had to be shipped, and on a bleak day on June 12, 1912, a subdued opening ceremony with Canadian Prime Minister and hotel namesake Sir Wilfrid Laurier present and holding vigil. As the original Chateau Laurier furniture lay at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean, something original did make it past the Titanic and into Ottawa. Let's return, ladies and gentlemen of the crypt, to the stone carving, the bust of Sir Wilfrid Laurier that I mentioned at the start of this historical story. Charles Hayes had commissioned famed French sculptor Paul Chevre to carve the now famous bust of Sir Wilfrid Laurier. 
Chevre met Hayes in London and presented him with the bust. Chevre was very proud of his work, and in an effort to guarantee a safe passage for his art, Chevre placed the bust in a secure box on another ship. He gave up his own spot on that boat for his art and opted to join Hayes on the Titanic. When the Titanic started to sink, Chevre, somewhat cowardly, hopped on a lifeboat and escaped the fate that befell Hayes that night. Chevre apparently never recovered from the trauma of what happened, and he died within two years of the Titanic sinking, another victim of the Titanic curse, feeling the shame as one of the relatively few men that survived. And the bust of Laurie that Chevre carved made it safely to Ottawa and was placed on a pedestal in the lobby of the hotel where it still stands today. Being able to see in Ottawa the work of a Titanic survivor is one thing, but to experience a connection to what some describe as a paranormal experience is another. Guests and staff alike believe that the ghost of Hayes still haunts the Chateau Laurier because he never got to see his dream of his hotel reach completion. Or perhaps, once Chev passed of what appears was out of guilt, he decided to bypass the afterlife and serve out his penance by protecting his beloved bust of Sir Wilfrid Laurier, haunting the halls where within. Don't rule out that both unfulfilled spirits haunt the hotel to this day, regrouping with the suicide and murder victims forming a ghostly staff who welcome guests in their own paranormal way. Staff at the hotel, including Golden, have heard inexplicable noises, moving objects, paranormal activity, and rearranged furniture. Perhaps this is Hayes, unhappy that the furniture he chose never made it to Ottawa. Whatever the case may be, Ottawa's connection to the Titanic disaster may have cursed the Chateau Laurier and may not rest quietly. I do believe that ghosts exist, and I do believe that the Chateau Laurier is haunted. Ottawa has a quietly sordid history of hidden violence that leaves ghostly encounters. Long story short, Ottawa is a haunted city. In one of the grimoires that I keep, I've started a list of all the ghostly and paranormal encounters that I've experienced. Much to the chagrin of Mrs. Cryptkeeper, my list keeps growing. Big thanks to Golden. Thanks for coming into Superhero Studios and sharing your Shadow Laurier paranormal encounters in the crypt. And a special gift for you, brand new t-shirt with the quasi-new logo. He's officially been crypt kept. Hey, Rad. Thanks for having me. It's been an honor. And I want to also thank Andrew King, Glenn Shackleton, and Mark Leslie. Big thanks to my paranormal producer, Wolfman Jackson. The continued support of A Squared Hairstyles, still the best cut in town. Just ask for Andrew or Amy. Tell them the Crick Keeper sent you. Hey, why be A1 when you could be A Squared? And of course, love and thanks to all the fine listeners in the crypt. This is officially the end of season two. Next time you hear from the Crypt Keeper, it'll be season three. I'll be there. Wolf Ben Jackson will be there. Golden, will you be there? I'll be here if you'll have me. Excellent. Rest esoterically sure that more creepy, occult, and paranormal stories from Canada's haunted capital will be there. I hope you'll be there too. I am the Crypt Keeper signing off, and as always, 
Stay suburban, stay mystified.